0: Hello and welcome to the Wicked Things podcast. We present to you Stadler House Book 2 Emily. How would you move on if you suffered the terrible loss of your family at a friend's hand? That is what Emily Stevens has been trying to do for almost two decades, but her past seems hell bent on haunting her till her dying days. She has continued to suffer and now finds herself locked away in a mental health facility. Dr. Stadler hypnotized and forced her to forget parts of her past before his incarceration. Dr. Waters, under court orders continues to try and determine if Emily is sane enough to stand trial for murder. Rodney, has moved on as one of the two survivors of the Stadler house massacre. But it seems fate has put him and Emily in a direct path towards one another. Who knows how this will all end or if it will end. Other forces are clearly at work in this small town of Port St. John, Florida. Emily closes her eyes, desperate to summon the courage to enter the master bedroom. She takes a deep breath, throws open the door, and enters the master bedroom. "'God give me the strength for this.' Inside the master bedroom it's dark and cluttered with medical devices giving subtle illumination to the center of the room. At the center of the room sits the large hospital bed occupied by James Hill. He thrashes and throws punches like he is in a fight for his life, The oxygen line running to the mask on James Hill's face has pulled tight. Each of his flailing motions threatens to rip the mask from his face. He remains fast asleep, and his eyes close tight. He calls out again for help. I won't go. It's not my time. Emily navigates the clutter of medical devices, dishes holding half-consumed food and human waste, she avoids his flailing arms in her approach she reaches out and shakes him trying to awaken him mr hill wake up please wake up you're having a nightmare emily mistakenly moves too close resulting in her getting slapped by the elderly sleeping man she pulls away grabbing her already red and throbbing cheek she takes a deep breath and tries yelling at james james I'm here to help you. James continues to flail and thrash about inside the large hospital bed. He grabs hold of one of his IV lines and pulls it free out of the bend in his arm. Blood momentarily gushes from the open wound, but turns to a slow trickle that pauses. Get away! You little bastards! Stay away from me! Emily glares at the sleeping old man who struck her. She watches as his arms flail about. Seeing her opening, she lunges. Emily comes down on top of the old man's arms and chest, driving his arms flat. She takes hold of both of his wrists and puts them under her body weight, holding them firm. James, it's okay, it's okay. No one will hurt you. While asleep, He continues to struggle against her grasp, but does not pull himself free. Yet a moment later his eyes flash open and his brow furrows. James Hill has awakened, enraged by his discovery. Who the hell are you? And where is Brenda? Emily backs away from the angry hospice patient. Before she can get out of arm's reach, James grabs her wrist and pulls her toward him, stopping inches away from his face. She attempts to remove the old man's hand from her wrist, but in his current state she cannot not break his grasp of her. Emily pleads. Please, Mr. Hill, let me go. I am Emily, your new hospice nurse. I am taking over for Brenda. She couldn't stay here any longer. Mr. Hill grins devilishly, hearing of Brenda's dismissal. He chuckles. "'sending a light spray of spittle across Emily's face. "'He holds a frown on his face "'and examines his new nurse, "'seeking any obvious flaws that he can exploit. Good. she was a useless bitch anyway. "'I don't care why she left. "'I'm happy that she did. "'She wouldn't even pick up after herself or me. "'The whole damn house stinks.' Emily offers a disarming smile as she pulls her arm free of him. She notices the blood still coming from the newly formed wound in the bend of his arm. She uses gauze covered in antibacterial ointment from the nearby tabletop to secure the injury and make sure no infection will occur. I'm sorry to startle you. You were screaming so loud. It worried me. I came into your room. It looked to me like you were having some kind of nightmare. James tilts his head and glares at her from the odd angle. He examines her handiwork in stopping the blood flow from the wound and nods. You said you're a nurse. You seem a little young to be a nurse. Emily perks up and smiles. Well, thank you. James groans, shaking his head. Wasn't... A compliment. You are my first solo hospice patient. I hope we can get along. Emily offers a smile to set the old man's mind at ease about her skills as his new caregiver. James's look of anger fades as it gives way to one of confusion. His frown returns as he slides his hips from left to right. Now, well, time for your first test, Missy. Help me get up. "'I think I wet myself again. "'Sure I pooped, and need to change my clothes also. "'Ain't it about time for my pills?' "'Emily stands back and watches James' attempts to climb out of bed. "'He starts by trying to lean onto his cane for help, "'but his strength is not what it once was. "'She rolls her eyes at the stubborn old man's determination. "'She huffs and walks to his side.' Let me help you already. James raises his cane between them, stopping her in her tracks. He points the tip of the cane at the light brown closet doors. If you want to help. My clothes are in the closet over there. Give me a shirt and loose pants, something not too heavy. I don't want to sweat with the air conditioning not working right. Emily made a note of his observation. She wasn't fully unaware of the humidity and staleness of the air inside Mr. Hill's home. Now it made sense why the stench was so strong in the rest of the house. If there was any air flow inside the house, whatever, the stenches that remained would have lessened or muted entirely. James stares at Emily, standing still in thought, and frowns at her, He lifts his cane and waves it in front of her face. Seeing no reaction, he taps her on top of the head with the hook of his cane. Oh, anyone in there? That is, if you don't think you can do your job, leave. Otherwise... The gentle knocking pulls her out of her thoughts. Emily shakes her head and cringes in embarrassment. She grabs his set of pajamas and tosses them onto the bed. She spots the fresh stack of unsoiled adult diapers and bed pads. Emily takes one of each to prepare for changing his bed and clothes. Sorry about that. I'm here to help you out. I don't want you getting hurt. Emily guides him to lay back on the bed and removes his soiled clothes. She replaces the bed pad and uses adult body wipes to clean the waste from him. He tries to snuggle against her, to give her a hard time changing him. Her training helps her overcome his resistance and get him dressed. There! That wasn't so bad, was it? James sneers and mouths her words back into her face. He winces, jerks, and growls momentarily during the insertion of his new IV line. Ow! Oh, be careful, damn it! My skin tears these days. Emily notices significant bruising around the old man's left arm and side of his chest. She counts the yellow and purple bruises on his body. She looks worried at the sheer volume of injuries he has sustained under the care of her co-worker. Did Brenda do this to you? James pulls away from her grip, grabs hold of his bedspread, and draws covers to his body. He can't help but chuckle at her remark. I'm old and fall down sometimes. My doctor seems to think it happens in my sleep from all my tossing and turning. Emily stands upright and stretches her lower back after the IV placement. She takes a moment to tuck James into bed, but stops to look at the site of his new IV. You know what? Pretty sure it's time for your meds. I will go get them and Be right back. I want to get some antibiotics on the old IV site to make sure you don't get an infection on top of everything else going on with you. James smiles, seeing the real concern for his well-being in her eyes and words. He tilts his head to face the bedroom door and motions to the hallway. I think Brenda moved my... "'Prescriptions to the bathroom medicine cabinet. "'I should have some antibiotic ointment in there. "'The gauze sits on the shelf on the back of the toilet.' "'Emily gestures for him to give her a minute "'and leaves the room to retrieve Mr. Hill's medication and antibiotic ointment. "'She hears James cough upon entering the bathroom.' She gathers his needed medications from the medicine cabinet. He coughs again, but this time she can hear the gurgling and choking of his congestion. "'I'll be right there, Mr. Hill. I need to grab some more gauze.' James sits up on the side of his bed, hacking and coughing up phlegm. Before he can even take a second breath, the next series of coughing spasms takes hold, James's eyes bulge as he struggles to take a breath. He calls out between his coughs, Where the hell are my beds?' <coughs> Emily grabs the gauze and hurries out of the room into the hallway. She walks into Mr. Hill's master bedroom. She pauses, seeing Mr. Hill in distress. "'Mr. Hill, are you okay?' James's eyes roll to the back of his head with his arms outstretched towards her as he slips from the side of the bed. She runs to his side, stopping him from tumbling to the hard terrazzo floor below. Hang on, Mr. Hill. I got you. Emily can feel the rasping inside his lungs with each breath. She watches his face lose its color. He draws his hand, holding tight to the bedspread to cover his mouth. Emily struggles to keep him upright as the coughing spasms return with a vengeance. Hang on, I have your inhaler. She digs into her blouse pocket to retrieve the blue plastic and metal rescue inhaler. She shakes it twice and places it in front of his mouth. Emily pleads with him. Please, try to take a couple of puffs. It should help. James pulls the bedspread away from his mouth and wraps his lips around the inhaler. Emily presses the button, twice. Each release of the medication gets an accompanying hissing sound as it enters his lungs. James looks to Emily. you. <sighs> I... Emily notices droplets of blood on the bedspread from his earlier coughing fit. She reaches for it and hopes to examine it to figure out what may have caused the spasm to begin. James... How long have you been coughing blood up like this? James turns to face her and coughs, sending a spray of bloody mucus through the space between them. Emily pulls away from him with a look of disgust on her face as she sees the vile, bloody sputum has covered her. She gasps and wipes at the gore that covers her scrubs. Oh, my God, gross! James laughs, as he has dislodged what was causing his coughing fit, the corners of the old man's mouth dribbled green, gray phlegm down to his chin in thin lines of ooze. He offers a sarcastic apology. "Sorry. But at least I can breathe again." You should go change. Emily glares at James and hoves her obvious disapproval of the elderly man's words. She forcibly pushes him back onto his back in the center of the bed. She replaces his oxygen line, muttering under her breath, Try not to fall out of bed before I get changed. James stops her from leaving once again by seizing her wrist and holding her tight. She turns to face him, a scowl locked into her expression of irritation. He smiles, knowing he angered her. What about my... Other medicine. You would not forget, would you? I bet you would have sold my pain meds to some junky friend of yours. You're not better than that other bitch. Now get out of my room. Emily gets surprised by his accusation of a non-existent criminal intent to steal and sell his medicine. She bites her bottom lip and shakes her head as she continues to glare at the rude old man. She clears her throat and forces a smile. One moment. I brought them with me. Emily retrieves his required medicines according to the prescription list Brenda gave her. She pours him a small yellow plastic cup of water from his ice-water pitcher and the bedroom nightstand. Mr. Hill, here you go. And whatever you do... Please don't choke on them. I may not hear you since I need to go change my clothes to prevent the spread of any infectious materials. James returns her glare and flips her off. She pushes his pills into his hand. He puts the pills into his mouth and swallows them with the help of the small cup of water to lubricate his dry throat. He gestures for her to leave. Go on. Get out of here. You gave me my meds. I am going back to sleep. Let me sleep till morning. But before you go, turn on my radio. I already set the station. Emily raises her arms, palms out towards Mr. Hill in false surrender to his will. She sighs before crossing the room and turning on his radio. The radio plays country music gospel hymnals at least two decades out of style. The epic sound of George Jones's voice fills the master bedroom. Emily drops her shoulders, and her mouth hangs agape at the sounds coming from the radio. On that note, I'm done in here, for now. Sleep tight. I'll check on you throughout the night. James waves off her comment and frowns at her sarcastic response. He rolls away from her in his bed and snatches the bedspread over his shoulder. Whatever. Why don't you make yourself useful and clean up around here? That other lady let the place turn into a real dump. Start with that bedpan. Emily mouths the words, bedpan. She discovered the mess next to the master bedroom door. The bedpan he threw at Brenda last night. Emily looks confused at the mess, wondering why didn't Brenda clean up this mess, but rationalizes the truth of wanting to spend as little time as possible around the angry old man. Emily uses an empty plastic grocery bag to collect the bedpan. She lacks anything at the moment to clean the human waste from the wall. She spots a spray can of Lysol and uses it, to hose down the wall surface and carpet near the newly forming stain. There, that should handle it. Good night. James exhales and grumpily groans in response. He raises one arm from under the bedspread and waves for her to leave. He pulls his pillow over his head to get away from her words. Goodbye. Don't let the door hit you in the butt on the way out. Emily closes the door behind herself and gags at the smell of the bedpan mess inside the plastic bag. She crosses the hallway and navigates the cluttered living room to enter the kitchen. She scans the room, stopping on the overflowing kitchen garbage can. Damn it! It shouldn't surprise me at this point, I guess. Emily collects the overflowing garbage, placing everything inside a couple of tall kitchen garbage bags. She carries the foul-smelling mess out the front door in search of either a trash-burn pile or collection can. She notices the difference in the air from outside the home compared to inside Mr. Hill's home. Not sure which is worse. They're right out here. or in there. Emily makes her way around to the side of the home, happy in the discovery of the near-empty waste collection cans. She places the garbage into the cans but struggles to make the lid stay down. She catches the can before it can tumble over and spots something highly uncommon in Florida, a set of master-locked doors leading to a concealed basement. Huh, that's weird. Why have a basement in a swamp? Stranger old man probably keeps stuffed pets down there. Emily's curiosity overwhelms her common sense, and she reaches down to test the doors. They rattle in her hand, but the lock holds tight, allowing no access. She stands back, rubbing her chin with a look of determination set on her face. She folds her arms, but pulls her hands away, disgust replacing determination. Emily examines her hands, seeing her hands covered in the bloody mucus from her scrub's top. She exhales. Nasty. Gross. I can't believe this. Emily huffs and storms to the side of her car. She grabs her second bag, locks the doors, and closes the car up for the night. She makes her way through the front door, closing and locking it behind her. Emily stops inside the front room, looking around the house for a long moment. She shakes her head, disappointment in her gaze. She walks into the kitchen, placing her bag on the table and grabs a fresh set of blue scrubs from inside. Emily takes out one of her fresh towels, wash rag, and a bottle of coconut-scented body wash. Gotta get this garbage off. I hope he has a washing machine somewhere around this dump. Emily turns to face the hallway restroom. She steps into a foul-smelling liquid. She looks at the trail and realizes the garbage bag she took out had been leaking. Emily shakes her head and grinds her teeth, seeing that the nasty liquid dripped all over the lower part of the scrub she's wearing. When it rains... I really like this Stadler House series. If you like it to don't forget to throw us a like or subscribe. But for now this is the Wicked Things Podcast signing off. Until next time. Goodbye.